Now, if you wouldn't mind turning with me, thank you, I would have forgotten. <laughs> if you wouldn't mind turning with me to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew, how do I start it? Oh, <laughs> nice, thank you. Thank you to our, our sound guy. This is our incredible sound set. Matthew chapter 5. We are now in verse 33. And just by way of reminder, to catch y'all up on where we have been, we have spent the last several, several weeks in the book of Matthew. One chapters 1 through 5. And here we are, smack dab in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus' magnum opus of teaching. This is uh, considered by many to be sort of the pinnacle of Jesus' teaching about the law, about life, about God. And so this morning, we, we have a chance to go back into what we talked about, his, his explanation of the real intent of the law. So it said, verses 17 to 20 was an introduction to this section. And this section covers things like... Um, Anger, lust, divorce, oaths, retaliation, and loving your enemies. So he's got all kinds. I mean, this is a full swath of sort of ethics. And what we called them last week, and we're still calling them this week, is kingdom ethics. And we're in the second part of kingdom ethics. And now, the Beatitudes teach us about entry into the kingdom. The fact that entry into the kingdom is not something that we produce. It's something that God, through Christ, invites us into. And we simply humble ourselves and we repent and believe. Which is the theme of the entire book of Matthew. Repent, for the kingdom of God, or of heaven, is at hand. Or, in other words, is near. And so here we're learning about life in the kingdom. It's an amazing place. It's incredible. We're getting this view, this picture into what life is like, truly, in the kingdom. So today we're going to cover oaths, retaliation, and love of enemies. And let me tell you, this is an overview. Okay, You could spend five sermons on each of these. We don't have time. We're kind of rolling through the book if you want to get to the Lord's Prayer. But nonetheless, let's dive in right now. Starting at verse 33. Again, this is Jesus speaking. Again, you've heard it. Then it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, 
so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Whew. Like I said last week, <laughs> Jesus' teachings here in the Sermon on the Mount, he's not kidding around. <laughs> this is serious stuff. And he's going to the heart of the law. And that's why it's so important for us to understand it. It's a journey to the heart of the law. What do I mean by that? Well, think about a building. Think about a building. Have you ever been to uh, one of these dinner theaters um, that looks like a castle? And you go inside and you watch actual jousting on horses? Has anybody done this before? Yeah, it's amazing. What's it called again? Medieval times. Medieval times. I love, I love that place. I honestly love that place. <laughs> It, it, I love it. And one of the things that's fun about it is the facade that they create. Okay? Does anybody know what a facade is? What's it? Wait, let me ask the kids. Do you know what, do you know what a facade is? It's a big word. Do you know, honey? Who wants to take a stab at it? Do you know? Okay. Hey, well, I'm glad you're learning about it. That's good. Wesley's got it. Wesley's got it. Like the front display of a building. That's right. It's a fake front. So we would call like a mask. We would call that a facade. Yeah, good job. We call a mask a facade. And a lot of times for a building, when they do a facade, like they're trying to make it look like a castle on the top and they're using a facade, it's just like a piece of plywood they've painted. And then what holds it up in the back are like some little rods or sticks. And you don't have to have much to hold it up. I mean, it's, it's honestly, all you need is like little biggie wires to keep that facade up. It's a fake front. Um, also, yeah, I, I once saw that like it was a bank and it looked really tall. Exactly. And it even had like windows. But when I drove, well, when my dad drove around it, it was like Yeah, exactly. There was nothing there when he drove around the other side. When he took the journey to the heart there was nothing there. <laughs> True for the Pharisees also. This is what Jesus is talking about with the Pharisees. He's saying, when I drive down to your heart, guess what I see when I look back? There's a fake front. And they had become incredibly adept at this. They had created rules and laws and minutiae of the law to where you could set it up just right. You could, you could put your little fake rods in the back and hold it up, and you looked great for the people around you. I mean, the Pharisees were revered among the people as being super extra religious. But it was a facade. It was a fake front. And so Jesus comes here in this Sermon on the Mount teachings, and he says, let's go to the heart. Let's, let's do the hard work of building something real. And so today, we're going to deal with three different areas, where he says, you can put up a fake front, and I'll talk about that on each one. But what God is looking for, what I'm looking for, what's real in the kingdom is something true. So at first he talks about oaths. Now, oaths were set up back then a little bit differently than today. It's, it's not quite the same that we think of when you oaths. Like, pinky swear? You know, I'm going to grab somebody else's pinky like that. It was a little different back then. They had this whole system set up. Again, the Pharisees, using their facade, had a system 
where you could swear on something. Like you, you hear, like, I swear on the earth. Or I swear on Jerusalem. And what it would do was, you could, you could easily sneak out of it through loopholes they created. So that you didn't have to actually keep your word. You didn't actually have to keep your promises. Because you could swear on something else that was stronger than you, and you could weasel your way out of it. So they, it was a very elaborate system that it set up. And here comes Jesus, and Jesus says, hold up. The system that this facade that you Pharisees have set up is not is doing one and very important thing. It's set or two, I should say two very important things. It's setting people adrift to where they don't understand what it means to have and make a promise. And not only that, not only is it setting people adrift, it's also hurting relationships. Because remember, as we talked about last week, these these um, Jesus' real intent of the law is all about love and relationships. And he's saying you're hurting relationships. Now, how do people get set adrift by making their yes, I mean, but by, by using fake oaths, by using fake promises? We understand that from Ephesians chapter 4, because Paul takes this oath telling and takes it a step further. And the point is, it's all about truth. Think about a ship for a minute. Talk, talk, speaking of truth, think about, put, imagine yourself in a ship, right? It's a little different than being like on a on land and being in a car or a train or something along those lines. And it's a little more dangerous. Why is being on a ship in the middle of the ocean more dangerous than being on a car? Yeah. You might see. You might see. That's right. How else, Henry? Uh, well, here's the thing. Yeah, go ahead. Um, if, some, if something bad happens, like there's a shooting or anything, and there's like, you can't go up. That's you're right. You're just going to jump in. You're stuck. Right? You're stuck out on the boat. The ocean is an animal. No human can tame the ocean, so it's just like a wild animal, and it just does whatever it wants. <laughs> That's exactly right. These are all fantastic. Thank you, guys. Basically, if you're out in the middle of the ocean, you're incredibly vulnerable. If you have set up a life where you don't make and keep promises, you are incredibly vulnerable. Think about that for a minute. This is the Paul in Ephesians chapter four. Paul talks about it this way. He says, "He says, understand that Christ has gifted you to be together in unity." And he says, "Those who will not hook themselves to the truth of God's word, and this is very important, and to other people, are adrift. They are tossed to and fro by every whim and every teaching." If we're not willing to set our feet on something, to say yes to something, to say no to something else, we're adrift. Now, how does this play itself out? In the world, in the world, there is a line that says, real freedom is not hitching your wagon to other people. That's real freedom. For instance, let me give you a couple of examples so you can kind of wrap your head around this. What Jesus is talking about when he says, truth-telling is important. You ever heard this phrase, I'm spiritual but not religious? <laughs> Have you ever heard that? Right? It's, here, here's, the, here's what's behind that, I think. I want to connect myself to the divine. I want to be, uh, be feeling the divine to some degree. But I certainly don't want to connect myself with other people. 
Because the minute I connect myself with other people, join a church, join a body, join a group, guess what happens? I have to give. And I have to love. And I make myself open to hurt. I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. I don't want to join something. I don't want to hitch my wagon to something. So I'm content to drift. And just kind of flip from one sort of new divine uh, idea to the next. Here's another one. This is another quintessentially American one. I attend, but I'm not a member. That's, that's the American church today. Uh, many churches have even abandoned membership. Uh, there's a feeling afoot that commitment may be bad. Uh, and, it, and the bottom line is, the truth is, it's hard. Making commitments and keeping them is hard. Letting your yes be yes and your no, no, is difficult for us all. Let's, let's call a spade a spade. That's one of the reasons we at Christ Central Church are going to have membership, and we already do. Something Doug and I talked about this very week. We were talking about, okay, let's, let's, let's start the process for membership, because we believe, according to Jesus, it's really important. So here's another one that you hear uh, in the world that is not yes being yes. I live with this person but see no need for marriage. Have you heard that one before? Uh, pretty prevalent. It's the same idea, again. It's I don't want to go stand up in front of a bunch of other people who can then hold me accountable to my obligation and say yes to this person. I don't want to do it. I need a loophole. I need to set up the facade. We live together. But I want a loophole. I want this thing to be held up by sticks. It's incredibly prevalent in our society. Um, last one. I like you and want to help you, but I may abandon you when, when I need to look out for number one. I mean, this is, this is advertising in the U.S. It's, I, you need to look out for number one. That's the most important commitment you need to make in your life. Do not hit yourself to other people. They will hurt you. That's the message. And Jesus is saying, not so. And when he says not so, it's not that they're not going to hurt you. You will get hurt. <laughs> you will get hurt. But he's saying being adrift is dangerous. You're incredibly vulnerable. And you are, you are about to be tossed to and fro by the winds of philosophy. Let your yes be yes and your no This type of commitment and trust is the only way you can have real community. One of the parts of, one of, the parts of our vision as a church is real community. It involves, it's hard to even say, because I'm not the greatest at this, I'm serious. It involves saying yes to some things and no to some other things and committing to a course of action. And will it be hard? I mentioned this earlier. Will I hurt people here? Yes. Will you do the same? Yes. But it is what Jesus has taught us. The kingdom is to be reflected. It's how the kingdom is to be reflected. By hitching our wagon to one another. 
There's a gospel reminder we need to end this section with. It's the whole theme of Matthew. I've said it a lot of times. You're probably bored with it by now. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. And what I mean by that is, Jesus getting to the heart is helping us to admit. I don't keep my promises. Jesus allows us that with the gospel. To just say it. I'm unreliable. I am somebody who cannot be trusted. That's hard to say. But again, the gospel gives us that type of freedom to say, I know that's true about myself, but I repent. By your Holy Spirit, through the gospel, make me into someone whose yes is yes and whose no is no. And he will. He begins to work on us through the Holy Spirit, not of our own effort, but because of the grace of Christ, who is the ultimate example of setting his face toward the goal and committing. Jesus is the ultimate example. Second point, revenge, retaliation. Let's, let's refresh ourselves real quick. Go back with me. Go ahead and say this thought. Yes. Those we might have forgotten by now. So that's oaths. Yes and yes. No, no. Retaliation. Jesus is talking. He says, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go within two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. Now, I need to make a quick caveat as we get into the second point about revenge. The, this caveat is, is this. Jesus is not saying Christians should not care about justice. He's not saying that. We should. Justice is very important. We, in fact, get to hold up or we, we, get to, we get to raise the banner for the justice of the kingdom, for the justice of God. Okay, so it's not saying that. It's, this is a, a slightly different point from that. So just, just to be clear on the front end about that. It doesn't mean that all Christians are supposed to be doormats. So that's not what he's saying. What is a slap? What is a slap? Like slap. <laughs> 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 it feels weird, doesn't it? Like, you didn't want to do it. Why did you not, why'd you not want to do it? I'm not mad. Yeah, maybe. I can probably change that real quick. Yeah. Yeah, what is a slap? Think about it. Is If somebody slapped me, if Doug, if Doug legit slapped me right now, would he be trying to beat me up? No, probably not, right? If he wanted to beat me up, he'd punch me in the chin and try to knock me out. A slap is not, the point of a slap is not to beat someone up. What is the point of a slap? Insult. Insult. To get your attention. Get your attention. But I would say, in what way? By insulting you. To get your attention by insulting you. It's, it's the same idea as like spitting in someone's face. Especially when the way that Jesus talks about slap here, when he says of the right cheek, what he's meaning is, a, is really a backhanded slap. Kind of a, a way with you. The, kind of the, the most intense ins, insult that you can imagine. Getting backhanded to the face. And so the condition of the world, okay, we're going to talk about the condition of the world first before we talk about Jesus' principle that he's bringing forward here. 
condition of the world is, and you felt this. Oh, I felt this. I need to avenge my honor when I've been insulted. So here's how it works in the world. And this is the, this is the plot of every action movie ever made. Right? You killed my family, which may have been, let's say, three people. And now I need to go murder 400 of you. It's never eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Do you understand that? This is what's really weird about Jesus talking about eye for eye, tooth for tooth in the, uh, the Old Testament. That was actually something to pre- prevent people from revenge. It was actually a good thing. That was a good. That was a law put in so that people wouldn't go overboard. Because what's our tendency? To escalate. Always. I remember at camp. Uh, this is when I was in youth ministry. And we were at this camp in Tennessee. And uh, it was guys versus girls prank time. You ever done this? Oh, yes. So we got the girls first. Oh, so glorious. We had set up they were in one of the dorms at this university that we were staying at. And we had hidden in the behind the bushes. And we had those monster super soakers, you know, they're like you you know, you pump like twenty-five times and it sprays like a like a fire hose. And we also had water balloons, a whole stash of water balloons. And we knew the exact moment they were gonna come out the other day. And so we had hidden all behind the thing. And we you know, they they come outside, they're all we wait till they're kind of circled around so they're trapped, and then just wait away. Just douse me. You know, yeah, he's screaming. He's going crazy. And women are not. I'm not. Kids don't do this. I mean, obviously, this is a bad example. Uh, but anyway, but it's. I'm just make a point. So they decided they'd get us back. Of course, right? I mean, isn't that how pranks work? So in, instead of getting us back with water, they decided to go to the store and buy buckets of cornstarch. <laughs> Real bullies. And they decide that they would first take the cornstarch and throw it all over our dorm rooms and all over our stuff and all over the walls. Then wait till we got back and spray us with water and cover everything. Does anybody know what happens with cornstarch when you spray it with water? It becomes like concrete. It's like concrete. You can't get it off. So everything we own was completely covered. I mean, it was it, reta- it was retaliation. And like our stuff, all our stuff was like ruined for the rest of the trip. I mean, it was really bad. And so I, I talked to the, you know, the female leader who was with me. I was like, Look, peace, peace, wave flag, flag wave, flag wave. Your honor has been avenged. Road rage is another good example. <laughs> None of us have ever had that. So this will be an example, just like an example from theoretical world, okay? You cut me off. I mean, think about this for a minute. I'm one car length further away from the exit. And now I want to shoot you with a gun. Think about that for a minute. Is that, I mean, is that eye for eye or tooth for tooth? No, no, it's not even close. Right? It's, but that's, we feel that, don't we? Have you ever felt that? Like, I don't just want to, like, bump you with my car. Like, I want to, like, ram my car over yours and see if I can crush you. <laughs> You felt it, right? It's it's crazy how our hearts work. Because our honor, our honor has been insulted. That was a nice spot in that line to get into that exit. I'll end with this one. Because it's the one that Jesus talked about. It's the most important part. Jesus talks about sitting at a table. He says, when you come into a table, take what? The lowest seat. 
Take the lowest seat. Don't take the seat of honor. Take the lowest seat. And then you might be asked by the, by the host to move up. And you could be honored in that way. But don't take the honor upon yourself. And what's, what's his point? His point is all of us want to believe we're worthy of honor. And that you, anyone that is, needs to take steps to make sure my honor is never injured. Because I'm worthy of honor. The question, though, Jesus is presenting to Christians, to those inside the kingdom, is are we? Are we really worthy of all that honor that gets insulted? Christmas break. I'm in Little Rock. I go through the drive-thru line and I order a pound of coffee. And uh, it's it's like Sumatra. One of my favorites. I, I drive in the car home and I notice on the package that it's expired by like a year. Uh, I'm, and I'm shocked. You know, I mean, it's like September 2013 or something. Uh, and, well, that would actually not have been math. That would so the next day, I didn't have time that evening to take it back. So the next day, I take it back. There's a different lady working at the counter. And I bring it up to the counter. And I'm like, hey, I, you gave me this coffee. It's like, for real. She's like, do you have a receipt? I was like, no, I, I can't remember where I put the receipt. It's you know, about 4 o'clock. And she's like, well, okay, you know exactly what time? I was like, no, no, no. I was like, seriously, seriously, seriously. I just need to exchange this pound of coffee. Starbucks has like a gajillion pounds of coffee. This doesn't matter. She's like, well, what time was it? Exactly. So she starts looking for the receipt, and I'm like, she's like, I can't find it, sir. And I'm like, uh, just a pound of coffee. And, and she's like, well, you know, I, do, do you remember what the girl looked like that sold it to you? And I was like, what? It's like, I don't know. She was female. And I'm, I'm like, my, my, my veins are popping with this yeah. and, and And she's like, well, did she have? You know, did, was she wearing a certain? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, okay. Was she wearing a certain, you know, type of uh, necklace or something like that? I was like, look, you think I'm lying, don't you? She's like, well, I mean, I I was like, look at me. This is the key part. I was like, look at me. I was in nice, like, like, just clean jeans, and I had on like my nice puffy jacket and like you know button-down <laughs> shirt, and I was like, seriously, do I look like I need a pound of coffee? And I was like, look out the window right there. I was like, look, look at the car I'm driving. It wasn't my car. <laughs> it was my dad's car, and it's a Lexus. So I was like, look in my car. Do I, do I look like I need a pound of coffee? I was fuming at this point. <laughs> because why? Why? Why was I so upset? You're being called a liar. I was being called a liar. I was being insulted. How dare she? How dare she? And so I walk out. So finally, I just start yelling a little bit. Um, no cuss words. No cuss words. <laughs> and she gave me the coffee. Um, through force to a large degree. And I thought about it. I thought about this passage, what Jesus is saying, and I ruined the relationship. Over a pound of coffee. A pound of coffee. And that's what Jesus is trying to say too. He's saying, 
You, through revenge, will ruin the relationships in your life. And what the kingdom is all about is relationships. And so you need to understand. And you know, here's what's funny. Here's what's funny. I could have told her that girl. If I was honest, if I was like, if I was like gospel honest and had just studied this passage, I could have been like, you're right. I am a liar. That's not my color. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's right there. But I am. Right? I lie. I lie. What's more truthful? That my honor cannot be challenged because I never, ever lie? Or what's the truth? Yeah, she's right about that. It's a hard reality. The Christian response. Let's wrap this up. We only got one quick point after this. The Christian response, Jesus says, is I know you slapped that cheek, my right cheek, but anytime you want to come back and kiss the other, it is ready for you. Because I will not ruin the relationship. I turn the other cheek and it will always remain open to me. That's a powerful reality. I don't have to cut you off because my honor is not the most important thing here. Love is. I've submitted my desire for honor to God. He is the one who I honor. And he is the one who has pronounced me accepted, loved, and okay. And so I can turn my cheek, even after you have slapped the other one, I can turn it to you and say, because of the Lord, because of the gospel, because of grace, I will not cut off this relationship. Final point. And there's no, we're running out of time, so there's no way I can cover everything. Loving your enemies, this is, this is five steps. So we may circle back on this. But nonetheless, let me, let me hit on a couple of quick points before we rock and roll. Jesus says, what credit is to you that you love those who love you? He says, I say to you, the real intent of this law, it's a rabbinical law, is love your enemies. This is not Old Testament law, right? He's, th- this, this love, you know, be nice to your friends and hate your enemies, that's not in the Old Testament. But it was a rabbinical saying that had been uh, used throughout sort of the intertestamental period. And Jesus is saying, this is junk. Let me give you the real intent here. Love your enemies. And that may mean love your enemies. That may mean for some of us, I don't know, love terrorists. Maybe that you consider sort of terrorist your enemy. Maybe you love terrorists. You may consider like, uh, you know, a certain race as kind of your enemy. Love that race. It may and probably does mean some of those things. But let's bring it a little bit closer to home. It also means love your family. Love the people you don't pick. Because sometimes they will be enemies. And this isn't, this isn't just for your physical family. It's also for things like a church family. Saying there will come times when you get burned and you want to cut off a relationship. And he's saying, love them. And here's, here's his point. 
He says, love then, because at that point, you will be children of your Father in heaven. Children, and he's saying, your Father in heaven sends rain on the just and the unjust. He loves wildly. He loves passionately. He loves broadly. And you, as a, as a part of his kingdom, as one of his own children, you get to reflect that. What a glorious privilege. What a glorious privilege. And that can only be done, gospel reminder, that can only be done as through Christ we understand that we ourselves were the enemies of God. We ourselves, God has enemies and he loves. We were an enemy of God. He loved us, drew us to himself, gave us Jesus Christ, the perfect record of righteousness, and, and, and now allows us to love one another in the same way. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, powerful teaching, Jesus. Thank you. Um, Lord, there's a lot here. Um, I pray that you would get rid of the junk that people don't need to remember from what I said, Lord. And I pray that your spirit would press the word into our hearts. Change us. Cut us where you need to cut us. Do your surgery, Lord, on our hearts. That we might be more like Christ. That we might be true citizens of the kingdom. And Lord, we know. We know because we try. We cannot do this on our own. We can only do it as your gospel weaves its way into our hearts. As your Holy Spirit uh, begins to change us, begins to mold us, begins to press Jesus closer to us, Lord. So we pray that you do exactly that. And Lord, we thank you for this time together, to be a family together for even just a few moments, Lord, and to, to experience your word, your love, and your grace. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.